Greetings, you are listening to Manufacturing Tomorrow, brought to you by the Ohio Manufacturing Institute at The Ohio State University. I'm Katherine Kelly, your host for this segment. Today, we're speaking with Anjan Contractor, CEO and co-founder of BHEX. In 2013, while working for Systems and Materials Research Consultancy, Anjan invented NASA's 3D food printer system for deep space missions. The system can print dishes using layers of food powders that will have a shelf life of three decades. For the first time, astronauts may enjoy space pizza while meeting the agency's strict nutritional and sustainability requirements. Ajahn founded BHEX and further developed his 3D food printer system to accommodate a variety of food consistencies and developed a no-drip extrusion platform for chocolate and pizza printing. Then he hit the road to print pizza at multiple events, winning awards such as Best New Tech by Vice Magazine, Best Tech in Silicon Valley, and Best New Technology at Taste Talks Food and Drink Awards. He ultimately partnered with Donato's Pizza and relocated to Columbus. This is not his first time in the city as he received his master's degree in material science and engineering and bachelor's in mechanical engineering at The Ohio State University. Anjan, welcome to the show. Thank you, Catherine. Tell our listeners a little bit about BHEX. And, and you know, I already mentioned that you invented the 3D food printer system at, for NASA. Uh, was that an aha moment in starting your company? Uh, well, uh, so as you mentioned, you know, I, I studied mechanical engineering and material science, uh, and I had a background in robotics and additive manufacturing. Uh, and I was uh, working on those technologies as an engineer uh, at a variety of companies that I worked at. Uh, at Systems and Materials Research, um, I dwelled a, a whole lot into additive manufacturing. Uh, and I started exploring different types of plastic materials and metals and uh, hybrid materials. And uh, at the same company, I was uh, writing uh, very new innovative proposals to NASA and Department of Defense, Air Force, uh, Department of Energy. and. In 2012, uh, NASA came out with a problem of what sort of nutrition they would provide to astronauts when they go for deep space missions. Uh, and uh, their problem was that when they, when they leave, the astronauts leave a higher Earth orbit, uh, that mission uh, to make it uh, uh, viable or have a proper return on investment uh, have at least six months. And in six months, they wouldn't have access to doctors or they wouldn't have access to nutritionists and uh, they wouldn't have even time to cook themselves. So uh, they wanted to explore a technology that can, uh, number one, provide personalized nutrition, and number two, can automate the process. And that's when we proposed 3D food printing technology uh, based on my experience of uh, variety of additive manufacturing technologies and wrote a proposal and they loved the idea and they funded uh, that project. So that's how the whole 3D food printing came about. Uh, and it was fascinated because a lot of a uh, lot of researchers and a lot of uh, uh, consumers saw that as a first uh, product that could be a replicator uh, from Star Trek. Interesting. And so the process is to to use the the powder and then and then the extrusion process to produce the food. How does that work? Yeah. So that that particular product was very complex in nature. Um, the, one of the requirements was to uh, uh, create uh, powders uh, or dehydrated food ingredients that could have very long shelf life uh, and take those powders and rehydrate them uh, using different types of fluids, uh, water or oils, uh, 
uh, also add different types of powders and mix them uh, to the consistency of uh, real food, uh, and then use uh, 3D printers to extrude this sort of paste. Uh, and then uh, integrate a cooking technique so it can be a final finished product. So that was, that is a, in a nutshell, that's how the whole system would work. And is that all in one or is the cooking uh, a different product? The idea was that it would be an integrated system, uh, integrated, fully integrated system that could uh, dispense the dry ingredients, uh, rehydrate them, extrude them, and then cook them or freeze them. And then you moved into dessert decorations and, uh, and toppings robots. How is that differentiated from how those processes normally work at a bakery, for example? Yeah, so uh, the tra you're talking about transition now. So uh, when I was working on an ASA technology, a lot of uh, uh, chefs, uh, commercial kitchen managers, they, uh, they came, uh, especially in the uh, trade shows we presented our technology. Uh, South by Southwest was the first one in Austin, Texas. And uh, uh, this particular segment of market approached us and asked if this is commercially available. And it was fascinating to us because we had never thought that this could be commercialized. And their uh, biggest pain point was uh, uh, automating the process to create personalized food. Uh, that is that is the biggest challenge they are having. Uh, for example, restaurants uh, or a food uh, uh, commercial kitchen manufacturing facilities, uh, they are very reluctant to offer personalized food because the amount of work that it takes to make it. A um, uh, lot of restaurants, a lot of pizza restaurants don't offer gluten-free pizza because they think it's a lot of work. A lot of restaurants are reluctant to offer uh, peanut-free uh, uh, food because they think that it would it would be it would be additional time that they don't have money uh, they they would not see return on investment of um, so as you know uh, as you see more and more personalization coming in there is a demand for gluten free food there is a demand for low fat food there is a demand for peanut free uh, food or, or having certain type of nutrition special nutrition added in it uh, is is very challenging to manage. And that's why they wanted our technology uh, that could create real personalization. That's when I thought that uh, we, this machine could really provide that benefit. And that, that was the seed of this idea of uh, starting BHEX. And that could simply be a matter of changing out a couple of cartridges? That was, in, in fact, much simpler because now I was dealing with fresh foods. Um, so it, it was already in uh, some sort of viscous form. Uh, uh, tomato sauce, for example, uh, is, is a viscous form. Dough, for example, is already viscous form. It's, uh, it's highly thick compared to tomato sauce, but it's still viscous. Uh, and some uh, dry ingredients, uh, uh, vegetables and toppings and other things are in a solid form, but there are also technologies to dispense solid uh, particles these days. So our idea was to integrate both these technologies together and allow uh, the operator to uh, put what sort of ingredients are necessary and machine would do the rest of the job. Uh, so we call it 3D printing or additive manufacturing, but in fact, it's an automated machine that creates personalized food. And you started promoting this at the trade shows and that's when you got the commercial response. And now you're 
offering this as an option for others to do at their own events? And how did that come into play? Yeah, so it's a it's a long journey. You know, any startup they they go through a uh, uh, lot of hurdles, and this was probably one of those. Um, when I started the company, I was initially thinking that I would get a funding within the next three to six months, but that did not happen. So I had my first prototype I presented at South by Southwest in Austin, and I had a positive response. I had an in- invitation from one of the top accelerator programs in California. I went there, and I was thinking by end of the program, I will have a million dollars. Um, well, I only had $75,000 of investment at that time. Not enough for me to uh, make a full-fledged prototype pre-production machine that I, I can I can scale up. So at that time, I was thinking, what do I do with the seventy-five thousand dollars plus you know some money that I have saved uh, and invested in my own company uh, and bootstrap from my family and friends? And the immediate thought was, let's go around the country and print pizza, because pizza was something that we printed as a first food item for NASA. Our name was associated with. Uh, pizza printing company. Uh, in fact, we were able to print a lot, uh, lot of different types of foods, but somehow in the press it was NASA pizza and BHEX. So we decided to explore that. Uh, we went to different parts of the country and uh, cater pizza. Uh, we went to, we, came, we in fact came to Ohio State and Rutgers came in 2016 and uh, I printed Ohio State O-Block pizza. Uh, that became very popular. Uh, it was a uh, Columbus Dispatch, uh, Front Page, uh, Sunday News, uh, and uh, Tom Krause, the CEO of Donato's Pizza, noticed that, and he called us, and that's how we got connected and, and received our first funding uh, funding round. Um, so as we, GE Aviation invited us and catered, uh, they invited us uh, to cater 300 of their employees, so we did that. Uh, we went to different parts of New York City, Manhattan and uh, Queens and different parts of California uh, doing the same thing. Uh, so that's how we survived. Uh, but the, the breakthrough was when we printed pizza at Ohio State. It was coming back home, and uh, I was never expecting that a funding would come from Columbus, Ohio. Uh, I was hoping it would either come from New York City or Austin, Texas, or California because these are the manufacturing hubs, I mean, uh, startup hubs, um, and majority of the funding comes from there. Uh, but to our surprise and uh, uh, to, our, uh, uh, to our joy that it came from Columbus, and I, I was able to come back home. You've been in three of the top manufacturing states in the U.S., Ohio, Texas, as you mentioned, and California, and you just mentioned the uh, the advantage of uh, of just coming back home and presenting what you do at Ohio State. Are there other advantages that you found working in Ohio? Uh, of course. So uh, every state has every states have their niche, and uh, Ohio is is as a strong uh, manufacturing base. Um, not only that, it has a very strong food manufacturing base. When I say that, if you if you think about how many uh, how many top uh, uh, fast food chains in the U.S. Uh, are in Midwest, they are roughly thirty percent. 
Uh, you, you could just name uh, Donato's Pizza or Arby's or Charlie's Subs or White Castle or Wendy's. These are just a few to name. Uh, KFC from Kentucky, you know, not too far from Ohio. Uh, so these companies uh, have tremendous knowledge of how consumers eat, how consumers perceive food, what are the trends, uh, and they are also willing to invest in your technologies. Uh, they were uh, keeping track of my technology since the time I had presented in South by Southwest. And it was just a matter of time that uh, one of them was going to contact me. Um, the other biggest advantage for us in a food space uh, and also hardware space is strong manufacturing base. Uh, which most of the states don't have. Uh, I give you an example. Uh, the biggest density of robots is uh, is in this area. Biggest density of the robot uh, uh, compared to any part of the world uh, is highest in in Midwest, and that gives us access to experts in robotics. That gives us experts uh, uh, in uh, different technology, different techniques of manufacturing, like thermoforming or injection molding or sheet metal, or uh, uh, as I mentioned, operating robots, uh, which is very, very crucial to our success, early success. And I find that niche pretty uh, important for our business. Apart from that, what I've seen is the students that graduate from Ohio, especially the ones who grew up in Ohio, uh, probably also grew up with manufacturing environment around them. So their uh, parents or their uncles or their uh, siblings or their grandparents, somebody was in manufacturing environment and they were very hands-on. Uh, they, they usually were very hands-on working with cars, with the tractors, with the uh, farm equipments, and that experience, that trickle-down experience, uh, is something that I see among my engineers uh, uh, helping developing our product better than if I was in Texas or in California or New York. Uh, imagine, I, I think, you know, if, if, if I had stayed in California, I would probably be manufacturing my product in China, and I would be going back and forth in China, and uh, having a big disconnect. And, and that is the type of advantage that I have, I'm gaining by uh, staying in Ohio. Through, all the, through the evolution of BHEX, at this point, do you consider yourself to be uh, a technology primarily or a food manufacturing company? Uh, we are, in, a, in, a, we are in, in the intersection, within the intersection of food and technology. So we are a food tech company. Uh, and we are in a space where uh, uh, food personalization is something that uh, that human hands can't provide because it's uh, too difficult to manage. Uh, and uh, large-scale manufacturing equipments, which produces millions, thousands to millions of same type of products. Uh, so we saw that there's, there was nothing in between uh, that could help food personalization. And when I, when I mention food personalization, that includes uh, nutrition-based food personalization and also aesthetics-based. Uh, so confectionaries, for example, uh, falls under aesthetics-based personalization versus if you, if you have a nutrition bar uh, based on your genetics, based on your blood markers or gut health or physical activities, 
and we make food out of that is, is another type of uh, food personalization that we are targeting. And what particularly are you focusing on, if you can even uh, talk about it, with the U.S. Army grant? Yeah, so uh, a U.S. Army uh, uh, has, has a, a ambition to provide personalized diet based on soldiers' uh, genetic composition, uh, blood markers, and physical activity. I mean, U.S. soldiers, they are assets of this country, and they are, among, they are one of the best athletes of the world as well. Uh, and uh, field performance or staying alert in the battlefield is very crucial for them. One of the major factors that affects their performance on the field is food type of nutrition they eat. And this day, soldiers have very complex requirements based on their genetics. For example, if, uh, if a female soldier, uh, after right after pregnancy, has very... Uh, 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 very specific requirement as far as the macro and micronutrients go. And the type of food, genetic food, that is offered in military right now is not sufficient. And if this female soldier goes in, in the battle, uh, she will be probably consuming MREs, which is absolutely not sufficient uh, for micro and macro, providing macro and macronutrients for, uh, or supplements for the body. So, uh, this is a major goal of U.S. Army, to understand what is the soldier's genetics, whether they are going to hit uh, uh, celiac disease at age 38, whether they have iron deficiency, whether they have tendency to gain weight under some certain conditions, whether they need uh, a lot of, uh, uh, lot of uh, uh, trace metals uh, in, their, uh, in their food. And all these things are something that our technology can incorporate. So we, the way we do that is uh, uh, we have uh, uh, formed a partnership with a California-based uh, genetic analysis company, which provides uh, suggestions uh, on what type of foods uh, they should be eating. In our case, they provide us a recommendation of what sort of paste and uh, solid ingredients we need to dispense for certain genetic conditions. and. Uh, we superimpose this data into how many calories they burn in last uh, 24 hours. And based on that data, we 3D print uh, uh, their recovery bars. So this is, this is a, us scratching the surface of personalized foods, but our ambition is to uh, personalize all types of food, including pizza, pasta, or your regular uh, daily diet. Like it completely re revolutionized the food industry. That is the that is the start. That is, I think, uh, we, we are one of the companies who are who have started doing so. Uh, but looking at the landscape of what is coming out uh, from the startup world, it seems like that uh, in near future we will have personalized diet. And and seeing the long term, what we envision is uh, food is directly directly related to your health. Uh, Health. When I say health, it also includes your depression, your happiness, your uh, uh, your well-being, your uh, aging, uh, how long you eventually live, uh, and what sort of medical conditions you may have uh, when you when you become old. Uh, and we believe that you know the, this sort of personalized diet, in fact, will elongate the lifespan. Um, you know, at the average age right now is seventy to eighty. 
And if this becomes a common uh, uh, equipment uh, that will manufacture fast food or uh, even homemade foods, uh, it will definitely help our well-being and elongate our lifespan. You've talked about partnerships with other food manufacturers and with the uh, the genetics company in California. Are there other partners that are, are helping to support BHEX? Of course. So um, uh, Donato's uh, invested in our company, and they have uh, uh, vested interest uh, in in helping us. So their their nutrition scientists are helping us quite a bit. Um, so as Grody Company uh, is also another company that is. Uh, uh, that has vested interest in us because both companies are uh, founded by uh, Mr. Jim Grody, uh, who is also an investor in our company. And they are consulting us on, on manufacturing uh, food-grade materials, food-grade uh, products. Uh, apart from that, we have partnership with uh, quite a few manufacturers. So our, our target is to, our goal is to manufacture uh, close to 100%. Uh, made in Midwest, made in, made in Ohio. Uh, so we partner with uh, smaller and larger companies around here. Uh, uh, Catalysis 3D is one of them. IC3D is another one. MJ Engineering is another one. Design Central is in design company. Uh, CDME uh, is is a uh, uh, fourth one. So we, yeah, we have partnered with quite a few companies locally as well. And in terms of Ohio State, and as its students are. Uh, list, if they are listening to this, uh, what advice would you give them, uh, give them what you've learned in this whole development and becoming a manufacturing entrepreneur? What, what would you say to them? Um, well, I can address to those who are really interested in becoming manufacturing entrepreneurs. And um, one thing I would say is, uh, you know, there are a couple of things I would definitely say, but one thing I would say for sure is, uh, the best time to start your company is right after graduation. So uh, do not wait thinking that I would start company later. Uh, start now. Uh, I, I give you my personal example, uh, just looking at my personal life. Uh, right after graduation, I wanted to get a job because I wanted to get that fat paycheck. Uh, and uh, I enjoyed it for six months. Uh, maybe a little bit longer, but then eight to five, eight to five uh, was wearing me off. And uh, I got married and I had kids and I had uh, mortgage payments and I had car payments and I had uh, so many other responsibilities in my life. And uh, when I was 35, 36, uh, starting a company was uh, energy draining. Uh, it was very stressful. I did not sleep for many, many days, just uh, uh, having immense pressure, especially when I did not get funding uh, in three to six months that I, was that I anticipated, I was under tremendous pressure. And uh, thinking back, if I had done the same thing when I was young, I would be under less pressure. I would be flexible. I could move anywhere. Um, I don't have many payments to make. Obviously, if you have student loans, you have, you have payments. But other than that, it's minimum. Uh, yes, you will be you will be underpaid for a couple of years, but the uh, payback is is uh, tremendous after maybe five years or so. Fantastic! Thank you, Anjan, for coming on the show. Thank you very much.